You're listening to a sermon from Ketchikan Church of the Nazarene. For more sermons or information about our church, please visit ktnnaz.org or like Ketchikan Naz on Facebook. So there, that desire is, that's still there, God is going to fulfill it and show you at the right place at the right time. He never gives up. He, he places gifts and callings in us and, and um, you know, he speaks to us. And if it's God, it never leaves us. It stays inside of us. But we, you know, we just trust him to work it out because, you know, is it here? Is it there? When, when, is it next year? Is it this year? What, what are you doing? But he knows. And if we trust him, he will, he will bring it all to pass in his time. That's the thing that I learned when, when uh, God began to speak me about ministry and different things is his timing is not my timing and his ways are not my ways. And just when you think you have it figured out, it's like, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you, but I'm agreeing with you, Katie, for that, that complete fulfillment that you're going to know and have that release that, okay, God, I'm, I'm hearing from you. And, and don't you thank God for her and her faithfulness to this church and the ministry and kind of like... I mean, many of you that have been here through the years, you're just like pillars, keeping it up. And, you know, thank God for your new pastor. I was praying along with you. It was quite a wait, but thank the Lord, huh? He knows what he's doing and his timing for everything. So Ketchikan is almost like my third home. I'm from South Dakota. That's where my family is. So home is where your family is all the time, especially where mom is. I don't know if you you know. (laughs) We just are connected. And then, you know, Kamchatka, of course, like my second home, I lived up in Anchorage for a while and took flights into Kamchatka. But Ketchikan, since 1999, every year I've been blessed to be able to come here. I almost thought I wasn't going to this summer because I just, it was like, no money, no nothing, no flyer miles, okay. And there, it, it takes 75,000 flyer miles to get here from South Dakota. <laughs> I had 53. And, you know, so I used part of it to get from, from Seattle to Ketchikan round trip and, and paid for a ticket. It just all seemed to fall into place. And so I just, I'm thankful that I am here again. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so interesting. I love life up here. I've grown to love the fish smell, the water, everything. It's like you are so Alaskan too. And I was, I'm house-sitting. I don't know if you know Lauren and Jackie Borier on the south end of town. I'm house-sitting for them. And Jackie left me a note. You know, she's so sweet. She was like, I was going to label the cupboards and the drawers, but I figured you'd be able to find everything. You know, that, is that beyond sweet? And, and then she said, but make sure you lock the doors at night because the bears are getting in the cars. It's happened twice now. They open the doors and get in the car. Well, that might, maybe that's normal to you, but I was shocked. I was like, yeah, how did... And I'm telling my family at home, and they're like, yeah, right, you're joking. No, they actually... <laughs> up there, there's a couple times where they were able to open the car doors and get into cars. I don't know, but anyway. So I want to share, give you a report, and as I'm giving my missions report today... I, I wanted to, to also, you know, give you a few scriptures. And any time missionaries come, you know, we should, be, we should be, it should be our heart to encourage you to be the missionary where you are. And you're right here in Ketchikan, and you are missionaries. You're his representatives to Ketchikan. These, these are your people all around you right now where you are. And then if you take mission trips, of course, or if you're called somewhere else, then you connect with those people. But these are your people. And so when you're hearing about overseas and what's going on, know that the same God lives here and the same God can do the same things here if we trust him and if we continue to believe and if we allow him to use our voice. And so I, have, I was in Kamchatka in the fall of 2012 and, uh, to Commander Islands. And that is um, the last two Aleutian chain islands that belong to Russia. When we bought... Um, Alaska from Russia, there were two islands that remained in Russia, the Aleut people of Far East Russia. And they are the only people group that did not originate from Russia. The only people group in Russia that did not originate from Russia, they originated, came from Alaska. 
when they, they were doing um, seal hunting and were taken by the Russians to these last two islands. And then when we bought Alaska, they were separated. So there's still people here that speak the same language as, as those on Commander Islands. Only the older people, though, are still, still know the language and the same here. And so it's really, I've heard of two or three different people in Alaska that still speak the very same language, and I'm trying to connect with them. They're in Anchorage, and I want to make that connection because I think it would be so awesome for these people to get together and speak the same language. And so and those of you that know me, you know part of my vision definitely is to connect the natives of Alaska with the natives of Russia, and it is really happening <laughs> I just thought, I, I've had this in my heart for all these years, but now it's really coming together. I know it. <laughs> and I've made some really significant connections. And, uh, but this, this last tri trip to Commander Islands, you see it here. It's not a very big picture. The island goes all the way around, loops around. But I, I love that picture because of the rainbow. And the apartment that I was staying in was looking right in on the, on the island. And these buildings that you hear, he, see here, those are when, when the ship comes in, they bring food and supplies every two weeks. And, and they dock there. But if the weather's bad, it doesn't come, and then the people uh, go hungry. Uh, they, they've learned to live on the salmon and rice, a lot of them, because it's, if the weather's bad, their food doesn't come, like the, the vegetables and fruits and uh, supplies. Um, and then a lot of those buildings that you see there, that's what the whole village looks like just old houses and buildings, and you'd just be surprised that, that anybody's living in there, but they are, and it's, it's actually a military base, and um, you know they have a real strong Russian Orthodox church there that is persecuting the, the Christians there and doesn't like me when I come, but God is, is, is blessing us, helping us to walk in love and, and work through that there, and it's a miracle that, I've, that I even had permission to go because of the military base there. And, uh, you know, the first time I went, the, the former KGB took pictures of me, looked at my documents, and asked all these questions. But the last two times, no problem. Oh, you're back. Hi. That's the favor of God. This, they just let me come. They don't even think about it. And I was the first foreign missionary there. I didn't realize that. They have had people, like, from the, the Ukraine, from, of course, Kamchatka, Russians and Ukrainians, but never from another country. And they said, we prayed and prayed about this, and, and you came. And we kind of had this vision of a man coming, but, but we, we really are glad that you're here. <laughs> and they, they said, we know you're God's choice. <laughs> and so it, we've, we've developed a pretty close relationship, and this is a place where even my brothers and sisters, our brothers and sisters from Kamchatka, the peninsula, they don't even fly there. And I'm trying to encourage the people from the base church to go to the north and go to Commander Islands and... And I don't know. There's, you know, they're they're busy with their businesses and things like that. It's, but also I think there's some fear that has to be overcome. I found out that they didn't have anesthesia, um, the trip before last when they operated on a 14-year-old girl uh, to remove her appendix. And so I, you know, you don't think about these things. And but it really hit me that that night after that happened, I prayed and prayed for myself and prayed for every organ in my body that. <laughs> that I would be okay. You know, the plane, the plane drops you off and leaves, and, but you can't think about things like that when you're a missionary. You've got to go. And, but I, I, can, I have to really encourage the Russians and Ukrainians to go because of the language going in and being able to, to minister to the people in the north. And they've they building, been building a church, so that's been taking a lot of the finances and time, and they finally have finished. The only thing that's left in Petropavlovsk, in the main church, is uh, chairs and the acoustics, so they're, they're coming very close to that. But in Commander Islands, they were meeting for years in a very nice apartment, build, apartment in a building, and it burned down, and they were able to meet in the library, but then they got to really, you know, bringing people in from the community and having some great evangelistic meetings, and the, the people of the community shut them down, and the Russian Orthodox Church got behind them and said, no more at the library. So now they're back to trying to find a place, and it's always been a real obstacle for them, but they continue to meet wherever they can, in the homes, in their small apartments. They'll pack in there, and they'll bring the children in there. But, of course, the ideal situation is a, you know, a building place where the children can have Sunday school, those kinds of things. And so, but this last trip, my friend um, Elvira and, and Katya and I, maybe 
those of you that get my newsletters, you've heard about Elvira. She's a Koryak woman, came from way far north down to the Bible school years ago. Um, and she had gotten saved up in the north. Some, somebody came, one of the other Koryak people shared the gospel. And at the time, she was in an abusive relationship. Her husband was beating her. And, and uh, so the, he just he ended up just almost killing himself with alcoholism and beating her. And she just was trusting God for him to get saved. But he, he just hadn't been wanting anything to do with it. So she is now married to a Russian man. And they do a lot of ministry together. But God's called her to be a leader to her people. And so she came with me for the first time to Commander Islands. She's Koryak, which is the people group, the main people group on the peninsula of Kamchatka. And then the, the Aleutian Chain Islands are Aleut, Aleut Russian Koryak and Russian Aleut. And she came with me to the Russian Aleuts. And that was, that was so God's plan because she was able to minister to the natives there. They, they would listen to me, but they were kind of cautious. Even, even in my home state, in South Dakota, the Lokota Sioux, there's many, they're kind of cautious because of the past and the hurts and the wounds, and I, I understand that. So I see how important it is for us to pray for, God, for, for the natives worldwide, and especially in our country, to rise up in positions in the church, in the body of Christ, in leadership, because when they see their own being successful and following God, they will follow. And so she comes, and, she, and they are just, they're just flocking <laughs> to our meetings, mostly to see her. And, and then, so because of her, they started listening to my messages, and they, some, you know, started coming to church, and some that were not coming to church started coming back. But she, um, she, is, she dances in her native dance, um, the next picture, and, and uh, they dance to worship music. And it is, you know, because we're, we're all u- unique, created by God. And I think there were a lot of years where missionaries just kind of took away in the different places some of the uniqueness of the people. You don't want them, of course, living in sin and worshiping different gods. But their, their uniqueness, their culture can be restored because it's them. And that's what the Koryak people of Kamchatka did. They used their traditional dance for worship music, and it is actually really beautiful. And so she, she was teaching them, the Aleut people, some of their dance. And this man, Gennady, he is one of the oldest people in the village, and he's, the one, he's one of those that speaks the Aleutian, the, the Aleut language there. And his daughter, my friend Lilia, is, has been like pastoring the church there for years, and now they have... They've had two or three different other ones since then. But, uh, and she's now still in leadership. She's a teacher, very well known in the community. And he is very, very respected. He was playing the accordion when we were there and they, while Elvira was teaching the dance. He can't see very well at all. And my first trip there, he came by himself. He knows the village. He walks around with a little stick and his little doggy. And he can go everywhere and buy things in the store. Uh, he barely can see. And he was playing the piano, and he plays this accordion. He plays the guitar. Nothing stops this guy. And, he, and they really, really respect him in this village. But he, so, so it's so much on my heart to find these people there in Anchorage, and I, have, I at least want to talk to them on the phone and see if we can make that connection because they could come with me and meet the, the Aleut people and communicate with them. And so um, the next picture... This is Lilia. That's his daughter. She's my good friend. And this headdress that you see on her, um, Elvira and I were there in Commander Islands for two and a half weeks. Elvira couldn't stay longer. And during that time, she beaded that. I remember waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning. I thought, what's going on? Is she awake? And she was in the kitchen every night beading this for Elvira. And Elvira has never gotten a gift like this. And she was so, uh, Lilia has never gotten a gift like this, so she was so thrilled. She was in tears, you know, and it just, there was a, a Aleut festival coming up, and they had been practicing for dance, and she didn't have really a costume, so Elvira helped her with that. And so, you know, that's, it, it does my heart good because that's teamwork. And you're there developing relationship for so many years, and you're, you're teaching, you're helping them grow in Christ, and when they start moving 
forward themselves in the Lord like, like Elvira. She's just really become a leader, uh, you know, even a missionary herself and going and doing this and making a difference. It was really uh, a wonderful trip. And, and we did, there were people that, that got saved on that trip. And, and, uh, but, but there's so much persecution. Even on the, when they're walking down the streets, you know, they, they will, people will say things to them. They will criticize them. And so we need to pray for the church and Commander Islands. And so I went back to the Bible school, to uh, Kamchatka and taught in the Bible school. Um, that would be, oh, okay, well, this, yeah, that one. We'll go back to the other one. <laughs> this is Katya, my interpreter, and I. And every year she interprets for me at the Bible school. But it's getting more and more where I start forgetting about her and just speak Russian and teach in Russian. All day long, all day long, everywhere I go with the people I fellowship, I talk with, I can speak conversational Russian. But I've never, you know, fully, you know, given a, a, a full message in, in Russian yet. And this last time, though, I, I did in one of the villages. It was really a breakthrough for me. And they understood what I said. And because it's a, it's a hard language. It's like the second hardest in the world. Chinese, I think, is the first. And Russian is right up there at the top. But this is the, this is the most fruitful, most effective part of my ministry there. Because every day I'm living with these students. Every day we eat together. We fellowship together. I have the opportunity of teaching them every morning, you know, for two or three weeks. And we get to know each other. It's really important, and maybe, you know, I, I, I want you to remember that too, in your ministry in your church, spending time, getting to know each other, spending time with the people coming. And, you know, sometimes it's not easy because there's a lot of sacrifice involved where you, that, but that's how you connect. That's how you become a body. That's how you become one, heart to heart, by knowing each other. And, and so this, you, and I see miracles during this time because the, the word is getting in them. And I think, you know, to me, one of the great, well, first, the greatest miracle is when someone's saved. We all know that. I mean, how can you explain when someone's born again? It's just, but it, it, that's the greatest miracle. But, but, but seeing that, that miracle inside become a reality in your life and where Christ becomes visible in you and the old things fall away. That's what's wonderful. And so people, some of these students that come in, many of them, them from the north, you know, out of abusive relationships, alcoholism, some of them drugs, and to see the word of God transform is, is you begin to do that. They come walking in wondering what's happening. And by the end of two or three weeks, they're just so full of life. And only God can do that. That's the power of the word. If you, you trust in the word and plant the seeds in the, and whatever, remember this too, whatever God does, to you, he does through you. And identity in Christ was so much a part of my life. I struggled for so long and walked under this rejection mentality and wounds from the past. And when I began, I took the initiative and I studied who I was in Christ and all these scriptures that are a part of me now. You know, my life was transformed and, and I know how important it is. So when I look out and I see Christians who are just struggling and insecurities and fears and and all these things trying to hold you back, hold the Christians back. I'm like, no, no, you're free. This is who you are. You may feel fear. You may feel shyness. But you are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. You have to learn who you are. And, and one of the most basic, simple, but the most powerful scriptures is Galatians 2.20. It's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. Just those words. It's like takes the pressure off of me, you know. And the reality, the, the word begins to become, renew my mind and change. And now I think like a, a daughter of God. You know, I'm not this rejected person who has no significance, no purpose. And that's a lie from the enemy that for every Christian, we, we, he wants us to know who, who we are and how valuable, how precious we are. And so I teach Every year on redemption and who we are in Christ and also the character of a leader, the Jesus style of leadership. And I encourage Christians everywhere to study the life of Jesus, examine him, his character and his motivations and who he was, what was his priorities, what was his heart, because that should be ours. We follow him, we exemplify him. So the wonderful fruit in, in the Bible school ministry and uh, 
So the next, these, there's many families that are now coming from the north to this Bible school. This, this was a family of five. Here's just two of her children. And her husband was a pastor way far north. And uh, God sent someone else up there to relieve them for some years. And they've come down. She's never studied in the Bible school. Her husband has. And so she's being called alongside her husband. And he is just the hardest worker. You know, he's been a pastor, but he's right out there working with everybody else. And he, you know, if anybody needs anything, he's the first one there. And she just has a heart for the, for the Lord. And, and she, I've heard stories of, of her life and that you guys, it's just... In the places that they live, so far away in north, north Russia, north Kamchatka, just separated. There's no roads and so cold these winters where it just shuts down. And the, the alcoholism, the things that these people have had to endure is and now tuberculosis. There's, it, there's such a desperate need for these people. And she really has a heart for, for her people. They, the whole family does. So they're kind of regrouping and, and getting refreshed and... and uh, they know that the Lord's going to send them back. But that's just the face of the people that I see every day over there all the, the, and the children. It's, God, is, God is working mightily in their lives. So um, can we go back to the, the, the group picture? This here, uh, Elvira is up in the top corner there. And she's, that's me and Elvira up in the top corner. But these are, they, she started a year ago meeting with the natives in the Petropavlovsk area from the main church, the base church. And because many of these people have moved from the north, they can't find jobs, and they've come to the city to go to school. They've come to the city to get jobs, and then they start really missing their home. You know, their Koryak. They're used to the fishing, the reindeer hunting, and their lifestyle. And so she, she saw the discouragement, how hard it was for them. So she started meeting with them every, every month now. And this was a small group. Usually there's, there's more that, that gather together. And they pray and worship, and they pray for their families, their individual families and the people of North Kamchatka. And now they start taking an offering. Every time they have a meeting, they take an offering so that now they can send each other to the north. And that is such an answer to prayer for me because it's been my heart for them to do the work, for them to go, for them to be raised up, to be mature, to be missionaries themselves, evangelists themselves, pastors, preachers, to be strong and to go on and they themselves go. And so that's really what's happening. They sent their first man this, this uh, like two months ago. He's, he has a home group there in uh, Petropavlovsk, and he's always had a heart to go, but they don't have the money, so they were taking up offerings. And the last time I was there, I was able to only drop in $100, but it helped. And, so the, and their, their tickets are much cheaper than mine. Mine are a minimum of $1,000, whether I go to North Kamchatka or Commander Islands, round trip. I pay for a round trip tip ticket to go to Kamchatka, and then a round trip ticket from there to the north or to Commander Islands. And the native people... Hardly anything, which is really good. There've been there've been some breakthroughs for them, you know, in the government helping and assisting them. But so, pray for them. This one in the front, she she had a stroke, and she we're just believing God for, really for her healing. And she was a leader in her village, and I and before I left, she gave me a little beaded uh, necklace, and I thought, how did did you just make that? And she said, yeah, and her. Uh, her right arm or left arm isn't working at all. I was like, no, how did you do that? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how, but she said, yes, I just made it. I just brought tears to my eyes. How did you do that? But um, so, so pray for the, for the native people of Kamchatka that, you know, more that we, I will be, able to encourage the people to, to go more frequently to these villages. They're way out there. They're lonely. They, they, you know, the pastor and some of the other guys went and started these churches, and then they, they, they started on their church-building project, and so they weren't sending teams out as much. And so now the church is, is finished, and I'm hoping, praying, that they will begin to take more teams and go. But um, So the next picture... There's Katya and I, the last day of the school, they blessed us with flowers and, you know, how God had ministered to them during our time at the Bible school. And 
we were in tears. <laughs> but Katya here has, she, she t- it, this last spring, I took a trip in the fall of 2012, and then this last spring, 2013, I, I went back to Kamchatka and took a trip to North Kamchatka. And so the next picture, that's, that's uh, my interpreter and my friend Katya. All these years, she's been interpreting for me. Now God's moving on her heart. And she said, Kathy, I know I'm supposed to preach. I know I'm supposed to minister the word of God. And so I was so excited. And it makes sense because all these years of hearing the word, the word gets in your heart, and the desire in her was growing. She's a lawyer. She's married. She has two kids. And her husband has a business. They bought some land. They rent out homes. And God has really blessed the family. They, they have a wonderful Christian nanny. And so she was able to go with me to North Kamchatka. She's 25% native. I, never, I didn't know that until this last trip. And so her mom really grew up um, in poverty and, and really had a hard life. And she knows the Lord now. Um, but she, her, her father was a fisherman, like here, you know, some, some will go out for like eight weeks and come back for eight weeks kind of thing, and that's what he did on the ships in Kamchatka. Well, he was working, and a cable hit him in the head, and he was knocked unconscious for, for a long time, and he had brain damage. Um, he, he, now, he knows who his wife is. He knows who his kids are, but he, doesn't, he can't speak very well. Um, and so... You know, they've been, they've been praying for him. But, so, I think right before this happened, her mother was, got pregnant, and she was like 46, 47 years old. And, and she decided to have the baby. You know, in Russia, there's, there, there are many abortions. And, but her, her mom was a Christian, you know, and that, that wasn't an issue. It was a very hard decision to make because her husband was in bed in diapers. And she had a baby that was in diapers. It, very difficult. And Katya was coming alongside her mom and helping her dad. And, and she has her own business. Her husband has her business. They're raising two beautiful children. And I just, it's just amazing the strength that God has given her. Uh, and I just, I just thank God that she's not, no longer just a, an interpreter, but she's helping with ministry. And, and she is being fulfilled because she knew she was called to do that. So she, she and I took a snowmobile trip to one of the villages. In, we flew into a, one of the main towns called Palana. And then from there, we took snowmobile trips to a couple villages. And this one was Lesnaya. They And I, I bought from South Dakota a goose down coat. I thought, this is great, long goose down coat, show up. Oh, no, you will not be... Warm enough with that. So they, get, they go around the town and they gather all the real warm clothes and they put it. We had like six layers of clothes on us. And they said, now you're ready. <laughs> I was like, you could, we were like this. <laughs> okay, you know, the pastors, one, two pastors were driving the snow machines and they were like, okay, let's go, okay, we're coming. And I needed help getting my leg over to get on the snow machine. They say snowmobile in South Dakota, but snow machine. And so it was just just a, a wonderful time. Katya was was so excited. She, you know, had never been to the north and this was her first time. So we go to this village and we we stay in this apartment where there's a young couple that live there and they it, we were so touched by their hospitality. They went around the village and they 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 asked the people who has beds. They found two beds for us. Apparently, not many people have beds. You know, they have some of them like these pull-out couches or mats. So they, and then they sent someone to the town three hours away by snowmobile to buy sheets and blankets for us. And their room, our room was so pretty and so nice. I just, I just couldn't hold back the tears because I knew the sacrifice of preparing for us to come. And so, and Katya she was really touched by it even i mean just first thing she goes is katya she she calls me katya too <laughs> where where's the bathrooms and i said there are none i knew there wasn't you know they have them on the streets and she was like and she's she's born and raised in kamchatka but she hadn't done the missions thing like i had you know and so it was 
They had just found a bucket and, and strapped a toilet seat on that, and that's what it, and this woman that was hosting us, that was her job all day long. I thought, oh, God, if I would, could do that, then I would, uh, you know, just, I just, that to me was, that's a servant. And I, this whole, this family just blessed us. Anything we needed, they were just out there taking care of us and, but we were so blessed that we just, we're, we're here to be a blessing. Stop, stop, you, you know, no more. You guys are too good. And so when we, when we went to the, the first meeting that we had in, in uh, Lesnaya, we ministered, Katya ministered with me. She got up and she started to speak and she just, tears started flowing. And she said, I can't speak because I have seen your love for me. And I, I have been so amazed at how much you love God and how you live here. The things that you don't have and the things that we've taken for granted. And she said, you are my heroes. You are, you are heroes in God's eyes. And she said, I just, it's, you know God so much because to be able to live like this and have so much joy and, and serve others is, is such a great example to me. And so we ministered together, and uh, we preached, and there were many salvations. We were the, had it for like three nights in a row, services in the town, and many people came. And there were people that had been to church that hadn't been there for a long time. And, and these were two people that got saved. This woman here, she, just the moment after she received Christ, the smile never left her for four days. Every time I saw her, that's, and that's what I'm talking about, the miracle of salvation. She struggled with alcoholism her whole life, and she lived in the community for quite a few, quite a few years. And I, I think maybe she might have visited the church, but this was the day that she got saved, and so it, it, was, it was so exciting. Next, these children, I... I had a video of these children that you see here in, in the traditional native costume, but I couldn't get it. <laughs> I, didn't, I, was, I just got an iPad, was trying to get the pictures from my laptop to my iPad, and somehow the videos didn't, didn't go through. But these children had these beautiful red native costumes on, and they, they, they had worked with the children for weeks before we came to do this little show and dance for us. And... That also brought me to tears because there were women in the village, these native women who had worked probably for months preparing for us, coming, sewing, beating, preparing these costumes. And so I was just, you know, ministering to them, telling them how much they had really blessed us. And um, there's always children. Don't forget the children, right? Uh, the next, this is the, 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 this is a woman named Zoya. She was a Bible school, a Bible school student two years ago. And she was on her deathbed from alcoholism, dying, just almost dead from alcoholism. And two guys from the main church came up and, and witnessed to her, and she got saved, and God raised her literally almost from the dead. <laughs> and she became a leader in her church. And this is kind of what the costumes looked like on the children, only they were a bright red, and they all make them from the reindeer skins, and it's, it's all natural. And she's the one that was the leader for this, uh, you know, this program that they put on, the children put on, and I was so blessed by that. She's very dedicated. There was a time in Lesnaya where there wasn't hardly any food, and another friend of mine, a good friend of hers, named... Um, Margarita, she was like a pastor at the time. And she was taking the children to the store to get groceries, and the groceries fell to the ground, and the sugar opened up on the snow, and the children started scooping up the sugar from the snow. That's how much they didn't have and how valuable even sugar was at the time. And, but God, we, we believe that God is restoring blessing them. I don't think that he, wa I, he wants everyone to move out of North Kamchat to go, to go to the city. Their heart is there. That's where they're born and raised. And there's great potential in Polana, in these two towns, two big towns in the north, for uh, more business. And so pray for, for these people. Uh, so... It, <laughs> 
Katya and I were in this place for like three days, and there were people that had never been to church that were sitting in the back and like teenagers. And they were like this. Mom probably made them come, I don't know, but they were just not wanting to be there. And I just remember my heart just going out to them. And everywhere I go, I try to give an altar call, you know, to, it's so important to extend the invitation. And, and my, my heart was just, God got a hold of me. And I, I was reminded of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where it says that we have the ministry of reconciliation. Do you know, are you familiar with that? It's the same chapter that says, we are a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things become new. And then Paul goes on to say, and now you all, we all, have a ministry of reconciliation. If you're a Christian, you have the ministry of reconciliation. That You don't wait for that. That's who you are, and that's what we're all called to be. We become children of God. That becomes just a part of us. It should be a part of us the desire to see people saved. And Paul goes on to say, we're ambassadors. You're ambassadors. You're ambassadors in Ketchikan. And, and he says, it's like God is pleading from within. He's pleading from inside of you, be reconciled to God. Do you ever feel that? He wants us to feel that. And he wants us to be so aware of those around us and so aware of people that are going to hell without us. We're the body of Christ now. We're the instruments that bring this message of salvation to others. And he can't, he doesn't have any way, other way of doing it but through us. So everyone in this room today, you, ha you, are, you have the ministry of reconciliation. You are an ambassador. And through you, through you, because God lives in you, he speaks through you. And through your heart, they can see his heart. You're, like like um, Katie said today, you know, by me, you sending me, I am your hands and feet because we're the body. But each one of us are the hands and feet of Christ and the heart, the mind of Christ with the message. So all around you, at your schools, wherever you are, there are people who do not know this. And aren't you glad you know the Lord? I just, I just can't imagine how people can live without God. It must be so dark. It must be so hurtful. It must be so painful. And I don't want that for them. And I want to overcome myself and my fears and my timidity so that I can bring them to him. They're just waiting for us. And if we allow ourselves <laughs> and our insecurities to come between us and the, and the gospel, there's many that are missing it. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, 19 to the disciples, follow me, follow me. And so... We get saved, and he says, follow me. I will make you. He's making us. He's conforming us into his image. And he will make us fishers of people, fishers of men. And Jesus Christ was, is the greatest fisherman of people, of men, of humankind. And he lives in us. We're now the ones to, to bring that message. Follow me, and I will make you. The pressure is not on you to be this evangelist. <laughs> the wonderful privilege that we have is this relationship with him, this intimate relationship with him. That's the privilege. Then he does the rest. He makes us like him where it's so easy wherever we go. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? I know him. I want to share with you. And we have the, the privilege of bringing others to Christ. That's you and that's me. And in Matthew 13, remember the sower and the seed. You're a sower. <laughs> that's you. You're a sower. And you have the seed. And that's what we're about. I just want to drive it home today. You have the ministry of reconciliation. This is the word for you today. You have the ministry of reconciliation. If you're a Christian, that's your wonderful privilege. It's a responsibility, but I would like to call it more of a privilege to share with others. And the problem we have is just overcoming, oh, what are they going to think? What are their reactions? That, that, the Lord doesn't want us to think about that. It doesn't matter because we planted a seed. And so he said, follow me, I will make you. In Romans 10, 14, how will they know if they haven't heard or they haven't seen? See, we can share with them, but it's so powerful when they see that our life is different. Well, why doesn't she drink? Why doesn't he drink? I mean, I've, I've never seen him 
swear? What's up with her? I mean, that's kind of, you know, and there's a drawing that's happening. And when you see people starting to come and say, you know, ask questions, don't back up, move forward. That's an open door for you to share the gospel. And there is such great fulfillment that comes from sharing the, the gospel, from bringing, bringing people to Christ. Why is that so exciting? Why is it so fulfilling? Because that's what we're created to do. That's what we're created to be. And Christians aren't fulfilled because they're not actively involved in that. I wasn't for quite a few years because I was so insecure, because I was so fearful, and I was so rejected. And I had a past, and that was keeping me from, from being an instrument for the Lord. Don't let that happen to you. Not here, not in Ketchikan. Get the word in you and renew your mind to who you are, and you're, just, you're not going to have fear at all. He said, don't be ashamed of me. Be my, be my witnesses. And so we, we went back from Lesnaya to Polana and did more ministry. Uh, go ahead. Oh, this was this last little thing that God did. <laughs> little. This uh, lady came forward after the meeting and she said, The Lord healed me. The Lord healed me. She, during the message, God, she had a, a terrible, terrible back and couldn't even walk to the meeting. She, she, two sisters from the church, two ladies, two Christian ladies, went to her home and said, you're coming with us. Oh, no, I can't walk. My back is hurting too much. I'm not going. And there aren't very many cars in town, but they went and got a car from somebody and brought her to the service. And during the message, she started realizing that God had healed her. And she was up there. She wasn't able to walk, and here she is sharing that God. And, and they had been praying for that. They had believe, been believing for that. Jesus is alive. He is. He's, he's the healer. He's, he's not dead. And so there was a lot of tears after this testimony. And so after, after tears and saying goodbye, we went back to Polana and we did more ministry. And, and the pastor said there had never been this, this many people at the church since it started. And every night people were saved. And every night, more people kept coming back. And there was a young woman who was an alcoholic who was sitting in the back. And when I was preaching, she would say, She was saying, let it be so, let it be so. She loved the message so much, and it was obviously affecting her. She was, let it be so, let it be so. And tears were just coming from her eyes. And so after the message, I gave the altar call, and she came forward. And, and I grabbed her hands and looked in her face, and she was like, Oh, I said, you just received Jesus. Say the prayer with me. And she said the prayer. And she just, she squeezed my hand. She wouldn't let go. And she's like, I can't, I can't. And I said, yes, you can. And I knew that I could use the name of Jesus. The enemy was trying to keep her. And it's not, it doesn't have to be a dramatic thing. It was just, in the name of Jesus, you are free. You are free. And she looked at me. It took a deep breath. And, and just was <laughs> set free. And it, she was like that other woman after that, that whenever she came back to the service, she was just lighting up the room, and she couldn't stop smiling. Only God can do that. But there's desperate people. There's desperate people in this community who are on drugs, who are bound to alcoholism. And it's not us, but it's him. And he does have authority. He, he is alive. And he wants to set people free. He wants them to hear the good news. If you're bound up and you hear the message of the gospel, that's good news. There's hope for me. I can, I can do this. I can get set free. And, and, and I'll, I will never forget that experience for the rest of my life because I, she was looking at my eyes like, I cannot do this. I have no control over this. Help. She was desperate. She was crying out for help. And here I am. She's squeezing my hand. And we're both crying. And I'm just saying, let go. You're free. Take the step. Move forward. And... It's just, it was the most powerful experience. And we should not be afraid of helping others because they need us. I believe in AA. I believe in all the different programs. Thank God for that. My dad is, he's an alcoholic, hasn't drank for 20 years. And, And he's a Christian, loves the Lord. But he goes two or three times a week to AA. And he opens his Bible, shares the gospel with everybody. And I don't have a problem with that. 
I have seen immediate deliverance, but I've also seen where some need that, and, and we do, we need that support. And that's why we should be in church if we've experienced that in the past. Get in the doors every time the doors are open and you'll go strong, and those things of the past will, will fall away from you. Um, and so, next picture. Here's some of the ladies. You can tell the years of alcoholism, the years of abuse, and God has brought them out. And the next picture, here's, this is a guy that got saved, I don't know, maybe six years ago, this guy, the taller one. He went to the Bible school, got so full of God, went back to Palana, and he's one of the leaders in the church, and he's out in the community bringing young men to the Lord. He overcame. What God does to you, he will do through you. He says, if I did it, you can do it. Follow me. That's what I'm so excited about because that's what it takes when they see the people from their own, uh, you know, from the Koryak people really uh, overcoming and moving forward. Next picture. And there's, this is Pastor Valera and, and Pastor Liena. They are the pastors of the church in Palana. And he was a drug addict, he was an alcoholic, and God set him free. But when he was young, one of his friends, he brought into this alcohol-drug relationship lifestyle. And that friend showed up to one of the meetings, and he got saved. Pastor Valera's friend, who he himself led into this alcohol-drug lifestyle, came to church and got saved and he went up to this man, and he was broken. He was in tears. He said, I have been crying out to God, and, and I, I didn't know where you were, and I, I know that I needed to be forgiven. Please, please forgive me for bringing you into this lifestyle. Now you're free. And he just couldn't control himself. He was so happy to see him, his friend and so many people coming, coming to the Lord. And that's their little boy praying for us, too. They were praying for us when we were leaving and they were they gave us all their beaded gifts and and so it was just a real powerful fruitful time uh, then we flew back to Petropavlos next and this is what happened <laughs> I got snowed in for like three days in an apartment by myself and for a while there was no cell phone service and no food but there was a store nearby and I was able to go during a blizzard to the store, and I didn't, but I hadn't, didn't have my boots. I left them at the church. So I found my friend's boots, and she's like three sizes <laughs> smaller than me. And, and uh, so I was like hobbling in the blizzard to the store. And, uh, but I made it, and everything was fine. And then, and then when the storm stopped, the pastor calls and says, I'll be there in a little bit. We're going to church. And I thought, for sure, you know, the roads weren't cleared. And, you know, I wondered how we're going to do that. So we start heading to church, and then another blizzard hits. And we're all in the church. I'm ministering. And I noticed it was mostly Koryak people because they're used to the snow. They came out. They walked through the blizzard to come to church. That's a love for God, a hunger for God, to walk through a blizzard to come to church. No car and they from these apartment buildings. <laughs> And I kept looking at the blizzard, and I thought, okay, pastor, is it time to go? And he's, no, keep going, keep going. And they, some Koryak people got saved that night. They had come from the north to visit, and they weren't going to miss a church service in their home church, in their, you know, the base church in, in the south. So after service, we all walked together back to the car. We had to park like three blocks away, and I'm falling down in the snow. The pastor's picking me up, other people with me. We're holding, linking arms, trying to get to the car in the blizzard. And I got to the car, got in the car, and he, pastor says, you are now a Kamchadalkan. That means you are a Kamchatka woman now. You did it. <laughs> You're tough. You know, but they, I've been going there for years, and they, I think they, he, he, he has told me, he said, you are Nastayashe Mishinerka, a real missionary. <laughs> That's the greatest compliment when you get it from the people. And so the next, here's the church. This is actually in the corridor, in the hallway. I, unfortunately, I don't have a picture of the church to show you, but it's, it's very big. It's the only building with a cross in Petropavlos, Kamchatka. The rest are Russian Orthodox churches. This is the, and they waited for over, well, for 12 years now for this to happen. And so in the sanctuary now, they they are going to be buying chairs soon and be meeting in that. But this is in the hallway. They're using wood benches. And every Sunday, every Thursday, every time we met, people, people got saved. And, it, and I got to pray with the leaders of the church to send a young lady to China as a missionary. And a couple, uh, Ukraine, or one was a 
One was Aleut and one was Koriak to send them to the north as, to pastor a church. And that was a wonderful privilege. Next. And so there's Katya and I ministering in the church. And she, again, she, God just transformed her life. And, and she actually is believing God to get a visa to come to the United States in October. She has a, an appointment on August 19th, so play, pray for that. Because she, I wanted her to, to, she's been wanting to go to this conference with me in Oklahoma. And then I will fly back with her to Kamchatka the end of October. So just, she's so, she works so hard and she does so much for everybody else. She's one of these that can't say no. And can't not serve people. And I want her to come and receive and be blessed and ministered to. And to, ha- and to be able to fly back with her. Um, next. That's it. Okay. So... That, that's my report and my exhortation and word to you today. Let's stand. And this was actually the first time where I did slides like this. <laughs> I wondered if it would take, take a lot of time, and it did take more time than usual, but thank you for your, your patience. Uh, you know, I always tell the people wherever I go, if you're here for the first time, do we have anybody that's here for the first time? The very first time? Nope. Okay. But I say that because sometimes someone comes and visits a church and they hear a missionary and they don't get to hear the pastor. (laughs) So I say, you have to come back and hear the pastor. If you live in Ketchikan and you're looking for a church and you hear a missionary, you got to come back a second time so you can hear the pastor. So, and so... I just want to pray for you and in the service. Father, thank you for this, my brothers and sisters here, the Church of the Nazarene. I thank you that your hand is upon them. (laughs) You are using them in this community and always have. And I thank you. I thank you for Pastor Peter. I thank you for giving him wisdom. I thank you that you will place within this congregation a passion for the lost. I know they have it, but let the fire rise up. Let the passion grow and help them to understand who they are in you, to be free, to be free from any fears and insecurities about witnessing for you, to be bold and know that there's desperate people all around them that need, need to hear the good news. Thank you for our brothers and sisters in Kamchatka. And I thank you that it's an honor to represent the Church of the Nazarene in Ketchikan when I go to Kamchatka. And it's an honor to represent them when I come here. And I pray, Lord, that, I've, that I have been able to do that with your help. And so I thank you for the strength of your word today and the encouragement that comes. I trust in you that you confirm your word. And the needs and the hearts of your people, let them be met. Only you can do it, Lord. And bring the comfort that was needed today. There's needs even in this room. But I know that even now, by your spirit, you've brought encouragement and faith is rising up from their hearts. And so we, we end this time together and put it in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. God's word this morning. Amen. That we are God's people, that he loves us, that his love is marvelous for us, but not just for us, right? For those that we live with, that the 14,000 people on this island, 12,900 of them need Jesus. So, you're missionaries. Go and be missionaries. Share God's love. Amen? Amen. 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 Go in peace.